I'm Nick. And I'm Sean. And And these these are our Fermenting Thoughts. Here we are again, Sean. Not again. Yeah, I know. People it's just, just it, uh, people can't get enough of our voices. So, no, I know. I know. I, it's just the bagels for breakfast. That's so. it. Perfect, perfect base for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Is that me or you? <laughs> know, perfect, perfect days. We're we're always on a perfect day in our own estimation, but. Uh, whether, uh, uh, whether we've got radio voices is not for us to yeah, to say. Definitely, yeah, we'd like some feedback on that. Actually, do we have easy listening voices? Oh, or... I think you've got a good good radio voice. Oh, to close my eyes, it's a little bit like when you <laughs> it's like when oh. you hear <laughs> it's like when you hear Steve Lamack for the first time. You know, I remember in the nineties hearing Steve Lamack being like, "Man, I bet he's a great looking bloke." And then you see him in real life, you're like, "That's not Steve Lamack, surely." And then he'd open his mouth, you, you'd be like, "Your jaw would drop." I still love his voice. He's like, he's like, for me, he has got the best voice ever. If I had a voice, like I hate hearing the sound of my voice, and I have to do it, you know, listen to it all the time when editing this podcast. If I sounded like you're being very modest, mate, you're a good singer. What I've heard so far, singing's one thing, (laughs) speaking's another. If I could sound like Steve Lamack, I think all my problems in life would just disappear. Well, as we know from voiceovers and uh, what these um, actors can charge for it um yeah it's an important thing and and underestimated it would be a sort of another variation on something that pete brown's explored actually and and of course we underestimate human beings and then we'll move on to our topic for the podcast but it it, it is important um you know how we listen to each other the the words used um and how they're conveyed um and pete's written about that in the sensory side to music as well obviously but um i think this is like a nice little mini side rant is that yeah, the whole point about our industry is about conversation and wanting to listen to each other and explore topics, um, you know, in pubs, etc. Um, and it's, it's almost like people have now gone, actually, I don't want to listen to another human being. Weird. Have you ever read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey? I've heard it recommended. I've not read it fully. No. It's absolutely fantastic such a wealth of wisdom and one of the habits in there is uh seek first to understand and then be understood and again in our highly volatile society like you say it's so easy to just wade in to a debate particularly online where your heckles get risen very quickly and not see all the nuances of a situation and I know I've had to really dial back what I put on social media over the years because it's very, very, very easy to just say stuff and let your tongue loose without, you know, really seeking to understand first. And if you have understood, fair enough, you know, if if you've really done your homework and you've had reasonable conversations with people in real life, and you still disagree, fair enough. I've got no issue with you renting or whatever online and and stay in your position. But I think, as I say, it's very easy just to, as you just alluded to there, to to not understand and just wade in and start hacking away with your, you know, proverbial machete, also known as the tongue. But yeah, but it's there, isn't it, all over? We, we all know that. We're all living through it currently with the 
the, you know, the um, gaslighting, the, the make more noise distraction um, with, within the soundbite, um, which is incredibly frightening. It says a lot about the um, attention cycle of all of us now, potentially in our lives, um, what captures our attention. And like you just said, what actually needs to happen is that needs to be reversed back out. And, and you know, if you're going to contribute um, informatively and constructively to any any topic for that matter, then do your research, you know. And if you haven't had the experience, just say, hold your hands up, happy to listen. And then for 95% of said conversation, um, listen. Yeah. Don't, uh, you know, listening's a, a learning curve for us all i think definitely yeah well i'm prepared to listen anyway. today to you talk <laughs> about business rates because it's not something that i am massively brushed upon not really ever having had or been in a position where i've needed to pay them although interestingly around this time last year i was looking at what's it going to take for me to actually get emmanuel's off the ground which is still for me the the, the goal for the next five years to to have a brew pub um, with a, a nice like 300 litre kit in it and a, a, a tap room which is both serving my beers and other people's beers and a bottle shop and a place that I can draw people together and when I started doing my research and looking at business rates I was like how much I've got to pay that pistola you know on top of yeah. energy bills on top of rent oh and VAT thrown onto that as well and before I knew it I was like I'm not sure this is going to be viable indeed and and uh, you're okay. And of course, you know we're going to concentrate. Or I'm going to concentrate, and I'm not an expert by by, by any means. But um, I just know that you know, having seen it, it hasn't changed since my days as an operator. And of course, it affects all of our um, lives. You know, whether whether that be it, it's the it's the mentality of a one size fits all outdated system effectively um, and that applies to council tax I think we're all familiar with and suddenly you can find yourself in band D and your neighbours are in C and B and it's like what's that all about mm. you know um, but anyway um, so concentrating on um, the core uh, of, of the end users in in our world of, of brewing and hospitality um, it is an outdated system and um, it, it puts all of those businesses um, pubs venues restaurants at a disadvantage to other sized uh, in its current disguise to other sized uh, similar sized businesses um the call is for downward caps to be removed to ensure any decrease in the cost of business rates is being paid back to ratepayers immediately um rather than incremental decreases over time um as well as on a cap on increases to bills so essentially we're just saying for a total reform um, because it's it's outdated and it's again like all these things who who's in the interests of to keep it the way it is the the major landlords um they didn't go care for toffee um and use it to their advantage so um so uh, you know the, the message to the government is to bring business rates fair and in line with other industries um to help alleviate pressures on the sector um and encourage more investment um, and again, it goes back to your point that you've just made from a small business owner, which is the core of UK life and often gets forgotten, is that otherwise people just won't start up <laughs> because they look at that business rate and they're like, well, can't do it. Um, the, the tax authorities and, and, and the trade bodies say that we're currently paying, you know, about 
half a billion or so in in um, in extra taxes uh, under the current system relative to turnover, um, and that's just in need of a relief mechanism that ensures that pubs and breweries benefit from reductions in bills instantly, rather than waiting for money to be paid back to them. Um, so that there's this cash flow that we all know is the synergy of any business that you can reinvest and grow your business um, again with clarity from government as to how that can be enabled mm. um, so that's the broad swathe statement on business what, what is being done well again the BPPA the hospitality in general um, is constantly suggesting that it's presenting this to government but we've seen no you know, it's almost like it's too big a change for anybody to grasp at the governmental level. Um, and that's got to be made, you know, unacceptable, um, make the noise level so intense um, as, a, as a, an industry that, yeah, it's going to affect, you know, the, the tax outcomes for you big time uh, in addressing the government in the next 10 years if you really don't get your handled on this uh, in the next week, ideally, but, yeah, as quickly as possible. Mm. I am right in thinking that the reason we had the micro-pub boom here in the UK was because of business rates, because basically you could get these small retail outlets that were in, like, was it band A or something, like, or in a lower band... Mm -hmm. Mm. Or as 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 a result, yeah, absolutely. And um, but it's kind of those one-off things which they're hit upon. I mean, there's always winners. Don't get me wrong. And uh, you know, win out where you can. But um, it's just not working. The appeal system isn't working. And um, you know, all the property experts, of which I'm not one, but you know, get, get the the basic grasp is is the valuation mechanism's got to be changed. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, as a, as a result, there's, there's kind of outstanding, you know, bills to be paid across the board mm. um, throughout, throughout. So there's a huge amount of complexity and it's cumbersome and it's outdated. And, it, you know, the, the um, e even the data companies are struggling to, to get a tag on how much this is affecting, you know, the, the numbers for everybody. Um, but in, in in quoting from a couple of years ago, um, the valuations office has said that you know appeal figures are now averaging more than one hundred and forty thousand a year, <laughs> right. um, which essentially is is just awful. And you know you've got businesses that c can't face the trauma of trying to negotiate a system and appeal their business rates, mm. and so they just yeah you know, check it in. Yeah. Um, well, I think and... for micro pubs, for example, like I mean. You know that they are on the smallest end of UK businesses, really. You know, in terms of somewhere that's got like a physical location. Whereas there are a lot of businesses within the hospitality sector and within breweries having tap rooms, where they've grown to such a point now that their their rates are going to be much higher because of the turnover and their locations that they're in. And there's one um, bar owner that I know that told me a, a while back, within the last year at least, that they were due to get hit by a five-figure number. I can't remember exactly how much 
but obviously that is in within the 10,000 plus region all at once. And as we talked in a previous episode about cash flow, it's not as if like, oh, I've just got that set aside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, here you go, Mr. Taxman. I've just been sitting on this wealth of cash. Like, you know, it and it affects the it affects the economy and it, it feels like, and yes, I'm getting a bit political here, but it, it, it again, it's another instance where it feels like with the UK government that it all veers towards capitalism. And don't get me wrong, like, I think capitalism has its place i don't think it's entirely an inherently bad system there are some good things about people being able to generate wealth and income for themselves and be able to reap the rewards from that you know you you put the hard work in you take stuff out great i'm not i'm not against that but it's when it kind of crosses over from it being a, a healthy system into an unhealthy system which i feel like it is because we all know in politics that you know, people that have a lot of money and influence have friends in high places, politicians, and, you know, things just tend to end up going in their favour. Oh, I wonder why. Every time. I remember when I went to a subcommittee hearing for camera, it was in relation to, um, oh, get your facts right here, Sean, but essentially it was um, it, it was the first time in any case I'd been in that environment where there was a, a talk of just um, support for camera involved so it was, it was clearly to do with um support for um the industry and uh, i think it probably was back to duty rates at that time but any, anyway um but forgive me for forgetting the the essence but what shocked me is how the internal mechanics work at that level and we went ensensibly the mp who's business secretary at the time was justine greening from memory and she floated into the room for about a minute didn't particularly listen, and I'm talking there were the CEOs of Heineken, you know, Molson, Coors, all the rest of them in the room, including Camera. And I was just amazed again. This this kind of what is the point? You know, you're at the heart of a government hearing, um, and they'd say, "Well, yeah, I'll come back and have a look at it later." That's all that came across from that particular experience, you know. And if they're not taking the macros seriously um in their in their um ivory towers than what hope have the rest of us got yeah what well, if if it was down <laughs> to you <laughs> lord and master of the universe <laughs> all hail sean um what how, how would it be different what would you do differently about that system Ooh, that's a massive question um i just think it's it's in parallel with everything i feel about life is that you've got to you know you've now not people within these departments um so what i would do is retrain and and take a emboldened look at government infrastructure as to how it engages with the citizen um and and make that a a a policy manifesto decision right at the forefront of everything else that i'm doing as a party if i was in that game um or indeed if i was a singular party that would be my remit a bit like you know camera have filled their remit largely and then what what else are they going to do going forward which has been debated many times going forward so there's there's, you know we we all know that whatever we're doing in engaging at the moment whether it be getting a new driver's license through to a temporary event notice as an operator through to 
what we're talking about, it takes you, you know, months to get any sense or or one point of communication. Um, And I'll just go back to a personal thing with something I had a um, complaint with BT. I hadn't been with BT for years and I made the mistake of going back to them recently. And it just reminded me awfully that when you've got these monoliths and huge corporates and governments are the same, nobody there's nobody to speak to you you just get passed from one department to another the original heart of your complaint or question is not answered and then that puts an incredible amount of stress on the on the business or the individual because you're i keep being asked for this money or i keep being asked for this license or i keep being asked for this and that and yet nobody can answer me and, you know, we have the means. If technology was ever meant to benefit from the scenario that I'm drawing out, it's that eventually in my BT scenario, I got one point of contact on Twitter direct message and it was resolved within a day. Do you know, well, it's, it's so interesting you say that and how social media plays into that. And I know we're going a little bit off piece here with, with this conversation, but I think it's it, it's kind of relevant when it comes to making your voice heard. I saw a story, I think it was on... BBC News about a lady with an autistic daughter who had somehow figured out her mum's password and had bought like two and a half grand's worth of downloads on some game like Roblox or something. When the mum saw this bill come out, it was like, holy crap, (laughs) and contacted Apple, they were like, well, our T's and C's are clear, nothing to do with us. Then went to her bank, who were like, ah, nothing we can do. And when the BBC got wind of it, and journalists start sniffing around, both those companies all of a sudden were like, oh, yeah, we're really sorry, we made a mistake, here's your money back. And it's like, why should it take a BBC journalist sniffing around asking some questions, which I'm sure the mumming question here would have had... (laughs) But why yep. does it take an external journalist to, to kickstart and kick them up the arse because they're frightened of losing face from a PR point of view rather than the end customer? Yeah, it, it, and and they, they, they pay lip service to it and they paid lip service to it throughout COVID, which is even more disgraceful. You know, the, the people are going through the, the strangest scenario that any of us have been through um, in our lives and you just want... You know, it's government's responsibility to inform and put clarity on what's happening. And we can, we are going off topic to a degree, but we all have our feelings about, you know, the amount of COVID deaths and and, and the list goes on because they just put out, you know, blindfolded us all, misinformation, and it's all pants. Um, So going back to business rates, it's the same deal. You know, why can't you have a dedicated um, social media connect? There's a &A, Q&A forum uh whatever you want to call it and, and by the way not a chat box which again comes up you know everybody's saying where's ai going it's all nonsense isn't it it means nothing if you've got a message that's very real to your business um and you want to talk to somebody who has expertise on the government directive uh, or, or the exact answer to the question that's all we're asking for mm. and, and that's not difficult to enable it yeah. really should not be difficult to enable and it's nonsense to say it isn't you know you just say right this is a twitter feed for um you know to answer questions on business rates boom set it up off you go yeah 
Well, um, b- b- before we round up, it's interesting you should bring up the pandemic and, and COVID and all that because I, I was going to say, like, I remember during the time where obviously hospitality businesses were really at the forefront in terms of the media and the impact it was having on, you know, breweries and bars and restaurants, etc. And there was even talk about the becoming a hospitality minister. That's not actually happened, has it? Because you well, know, it happened for a short it, spell, it, wasn't it, it? You know, because actually, when you think about it, so I was at a, um, a beer festival recently, as, as you well know, here in Sheffield. And if you think about something like that, and it's, it was not like a big camera festival, it was just like a, a small festival that a, a pub and a brewery put on. But if you think about the infrastructure, what it took to put that on, you yeah. had a company that had a marquee. You've got obviously the brewery in question buying in beers from other breweries and other wholesalers. You've got material suppliers for, you know, meat and bread buns or, or sorry, bread cakes. Yeah. <laughs> that interesting debate on the, you could have uh, hot forward beers on Twitter. Is it a BAP? Is it a bread cake? Is it a bread bun? There you go. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll just put that one out there. You know, and you've got all that infrastructure in place musicians like myself you know getting paid um to to perform so much infrastructure surrounding hospitality that was just a a beer festival that wasn't even really accounting for the daily activities of the pub or or the brewery that's a lot of different threads in the economy and people in the supply chain that are getting paid and so why there's this general lack of giving a shit basically by the government about the hospitality industry when it is such a key factor in British society and I know not everyone goes to the pub I know not everyone likes going out for meals and so on and so forth but it well you only have to walk through Sheffield now and see where there were loads of department stores I read even today that um these speak Debenhams obviously that's as a company has gone under um yeah the the old department store which is huge in Sheffield is now it's like five story building it's now going to be turned into food halls and if you go through Sheffield loads of like department stores and retail outlets are closed but there's so many cafes restaurants craft beer bars cocktail bars you name it you know burger joints it is like I mean not so much my waistline but it's great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so, so yeah, and I I wonder where you're going with that one because, like you see, I it's like the um, what do they call them, box parks and all the rest of it. Um, I, I get it, I get it in a city environment. For me, this is just personal, but um, I do think it takes away from. We've had thirty years of the development of the homogenous high street, essentially. So mm. it's always got the same brands on there, and then everybody's now going, "Oh, where's our high street going?" Well. You know, it's because you don't go to your high street, do you? You don't. You certainly don't frequent independent retailers and boutiques, and and then you're moaning about where's it all gone. Um, you know, people have got to make their choices as to what environment they want to shop in, um, and how they're going to shop, I suppose. And you know, the retail mall of uh, I've not. Yeah, experience this one you're describing, but um, it's never been entirely my bag. If I'm honest, I mean, I I I prefer the more uh, yeah, in, independent operators, if I can put it that way. Um, 
I'm not saying, you know, we, we get it, thankfully, at festivals and, and other environments, but as retail malls of the US Australian type, I'm not I'm not a fan because I find them very, um, yeah, the, very samey. That's my, my view. Oh, but, I'm, I'm, um, well, I'm exactly the same. They're, they're, yeah. It is yeah. the same. <laughs> um, but it is the instant fix thing. And again, that's not, you know, again, that's something we've all gotten used to. And it's like, well... Do you want an experience? I mean, this this is where the pub industry and hospitality's got such a challenge, isn't it? That you know, pre-COVID, um, it was almost the market was dictating to us what we wanted. Um, but now it's gone full cycle. Is is my is my actual hope is that you know w- the winouts will be local communities that where you can and and talking about pubs and restaurants, the independent restauranteur. Um, and pub has got to feel that they've got a chance in their local community to survive and thrive. Um, and I think that's where, that's the transition we're in right now, um, reference hospitality. Um, will people actually do that? You know, well, you know, if, if business rates amongst <laughs> other things, such as energy rates can get resolved, maybe, but it's, I can't see that happening for the foreseeable future and, and people have definitely got less cash in their pockets. Everything's, yeah. everything's going up and you know, the bank of England trying to curtail inflation miserably and it's not working. And then, you know, every, every other week I get a letter about my mortgage. It's gone up. I'm like I'm now paying and I'm, I'm doing quite well. because our house relatively speaking, wasn't that expensive and we're still in our, the first house we bought, but you know, I'm paying another 150 quid at the moment yep. and that'll only keep going up i can't imagine what it'd be like if we'd have moved and took on a higher mortgage and rather than paying you know 1500 1600 quid a month we're now paying two and a half 2700 pounds a month <laughs> and wages haven't gone up and again it, it maybe this is what people get when they they listen to fermenting thoughts because that hence the name fermenting thoughts it, it, you can't separate out all these things you can't separate business rates out from stuff like inflation and and no. or, or beer duty reforms or um or as we talked about a few weeks back um the the supply chain and um prepack administrations and the impact that has because actually that's someone's livelihood and well, also, and then when, when there's a real deep dive into the type of, oh, you know, like you say, uh, disposable income we all spend our money on, you know, that's what's really got to be done. And it's, it's got to be so, so accurate to help us all because um, if, and, anything from different types of venue, you know, you're getting people like City Pub Co. have got huge cash reserves, naming names now, you know, fully Fuller's, these these kind of operators. And I don't want to be London-centric about it, but... Um, or, or the southern England, but across the country that have got, you know, established businesses than, and cash reserves, and they can sell these tricky waters, um, and they're reporting um, that they're anything between 15 and 25% up. I just can't believe it from what I'm seeing out there. It's certainly not the reality that I'm experiencing, or indeed the reality of my own pocket when I go into a garden centre, as opposed to... Nothing wrong with garden centres, by the way. Uh, you're into gardening, which I'm not. <laughs> um, so therein lies the issue. But um, but you know, I go to a gardening centre for breakfast as opposed to a pub where I might have gone before, mm. or, or 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 a, a small breakfast cafe because 
you know, I'm not knocking the operator, but, you know, now a breakfast, depending on what type you have, we know it's knocking on 12, 15 quid. And it's like, that's pricky. And that's without a coffee. And I've got my family to pay for. And so I'll go to the garden centre instead where I can get a deal. <laughs> well, now we're thoroughly depressed people. Um, <laughs> if, if if you want to comment or leave any questions for me and Sean, either regarding business rates or anything else, feel free to email info at hotford.beer or send a tweet at hotfordbeers and we'll, we'll do our best. I, I, just, just to round off, Sean, I'd be quite interested what, what other topics you think we could discuss maybe next time. And again, listener, feel feel free if you're listening to this to throw in some topics of conversation and we'll happily discuss them. But um, any ideas, well, Sean? Uh, yeah, I, I think that we, we have on a previous podcast... Uh, um, and what I'm wanting to do is what I've just talked about, which is a deeper dive in everybody's um, experience as to what experiential um, uh, add-on do they need to get them back in the pub? Because the operators cannot just expect people to come back out. Um, you know, when they're now being charged, I know it's different around the country, and if you're a macro or sorry, a bigger operator, you've got fixed costs. But, um, you know, if my pub is charging, let's just say I like for ease of example, Australia Lager, you know, five fifty and six quid a pint um, outside of anything else I might want for snacks and stuff. Um, but adding no value to the experience for me, why would I ever go? So... That's the topic I'd like to discuss. Yeah, what, okay. what do you, what do you want to see? What do you think can be done? What is your local doing um, that you're applauding? Um, for me, um, the operators that are winning out in broad terms as to what I'm describing is is those that are, are making it a genuine experience for want of a better definition. Um, so they're not that they're genuinely trying to still keep things at value, but offering, you know live music, other bits and pieces in and around that that dwell time, mm. to use the modern expression. Great stuff. What uh, about you, Nick? What would you like? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> maybe discussions of terrar and beer after the little uh, oh. flurry of activity online surrounding... Um, Matt Curtis's article on Pedicle. Um, I thought, no, I thought I, that was a terrific one, by the way. But yeah. Um, I thought he had a really good point, to be honest with you, but obviously a lot of people disagree, so I think it'd be great to maybe have a conversation about that. I don't know. It's keeping it real. We we all want the personal touch. There we are. That's mm. my underscore. You know, um, everybody, well, certainly speaking for myself, misses the personal touch, uh, you know, and, and when, when I was operating... Uh, you know, it was just hammered into me, and rightly so, that, you know, you, you make sure you acknowledge that customer as soon as they walk in the door. You make sure you're quick to attention to them. Um, you make sure that, you know, you see them through their whole travel, if it's five minutes or five hours, and and say a, a genuine heartfelt goodbye when they depart. And then we're all getting somewhere personal. Make it personal. Yeah. Yeah.